views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Is the Uncle Devin's show. Come on, Uncle Devin's show. Well, all right. Do you want to have some fun? Happy yeah. Monday morning, or Monday afternoon to everyone. Uh, it is a, honestly a great day to be here, and you're listening to the Uncle Devin show here on WOL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM here in the Washington, D.C. area, where information is power. Our call-in number is 1-800-450-7876. And I'm your host, Uncle Devin, the children's drum cushionist. See, I'm not just a drummer. I'm not just a percussionist. I'm a drum cushionist. And my show is dedicated to helping eradicate what I call music adultification. That's where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music instead of age-appropriate and culturally relevant music. And this, therefore, this program is dedicated to the parents, teachers, and guardians to uh, educate you on the importance that music plays in the child's development and how you can take back control of what your children are listening to. Today's program is brought to you by a very special um, sponsor, Middle C Music. That's Middle C Music, D.C.'s only full-service music store. Located at 4530 Wisconsin Avenue in Northwest Washington, D.C., Middle C Music is your go-to store for lessons, rentals, repairs, and more. To learn more, go to www.middlecmusic.com. That's middle, uh, the letter C, music.com. I am absolutely honored and elated to have our next guest who will be joining us today uh, uh, by telephone. Uh, My guest today is Miss Leslie Rottenberg. She is the Chief Programming Executive and General Manager for Children's Media and Education at the PBS, that's Public Broadcasting System. She, a six-time Emmy Award winner, Ms. Roddenberg is responsible for the strategic direction of a dynamic media service that supports the entire ecosystem uh, in which children learn. Uh, including parents, teachers, and the community, uh, and helping to prepare the next generation for success in school and in life. With a focus on kindergarten readiness, and I have a particular interest in that being a teaching artist with Wolf Trap and, and young audiences, Ms. Rottenberg leads a cross-disciplinary team charged with content production, digital development, multi-platform asset distribution licensing, educational product creation and marketing, and communications for PBS Kids, the number one children's education media brand. Um, So I want to just say that uh, I'm I'm honored to have, as I guess, Miss Roddenberg. Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here with you. It is absolutely an honor, you know, as one that has grown up on PBS programming and uh, I can even say that I can even to this day think of shows that I saw that taught me so much and entertained me as well. Um, I just want to first thank you all for the excellent work that you all have been doing um, for years now uh, for the really across the world. Thank you so much uh, for appreciating that. And I love to hear stories like yours of people who have grown up with PBS and have fond memories of how it launched them into whatever their interests and passions are. Well, thank you. And, and how about yourself? Even before I even get into some of the other set of questions, what's your experience? How, how, how long have you been working with PBS? And, and I, it's got to be a lot of fun. I mean, I can only imagine 
uh, being able to help produce this type of programming. Um, can you tell a little bit about your, you know, uh, in terms of how long you've been working there and, and, and even some of your experience growing up uh, listening sure. to PBS? Sure. Um, well, I've actually been working here a really long time, almost 20 years oh, now. Wow. Okay. And um, what brought me to PBS was my own children. Ah. Um, I, you know, I had two daughters. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, I found myself... Uh, really drawn to PBS for my children. I trusted PBS with my children. Yes. And um, that's saying a lot because yes. I, you know, I didn't trust very many other entities or companies, um, you know, with, with the, their minds as they were impressionable mm-hmm. and soaking up everything that the world had to offer. But PBS felt like a place that put my kids first and cared about my kids. And I had so much respect for that. So I came here to work as a parent of two Mm. kids who at the time were two and five, which is kind of right in the square space, you know, of what PBS Kids focuses on. Right. Um, And I have been working here ever since and very, very proud and uh, to be a part of it and work with some tremendously talented people. And I can only imagine uh, the stories that your children uh, would be able to share, not only watching programming, but being growing with you over the 20 years and seeing, you know, maybe even hopefully getting a chance to see things up close. I can only imagine, uh, their, you know, how much that's enriched their lives as they move forward. Oh, yeah. They were the test case for everything. I brought every show <laughs> home to them. They watched everything before it made it onto the air. Right, right. Um, they even appeared in a few things on air from time to time. Okay, okay, you know, and and that's see that's important. That is very important uh, that they can have that archive. Um, so let me let's just in, in case there are those who um, are unfamiliar with it. Um, why is children's programming important to PBS? Well, it's important to PBS because PBS, I would say, it you know, core to our DNA is learning, yes. learning and growing and helping every person to reach their potential. And, you know, we really feel like we're in a different business than every other media company. We happen to use media, um, but we do it with an aim, a goal of really inspiring people to pursue their passions and helping them to broaden their horizons and explore the, the, the bigger world around them. And that mission really um, is even more critical, I would say, when it comes to little children. And, you know, we have a very strong reputation uh, in terms of um, providing the kind of educational content that helps every child to be able to achieve their potential. Mm-hmm. And I believe it also probably helps being a public broadcast system as well. I mean, your, your interest and your focus is a little bit different than maybe some some non-public um, entities. And I, and I think that helps, at least it helped me, in terms of trusting uh, the programming that, that, that I've seen over the years and that I continue to see on the radio. That, I mean, that's on, on really television. true. We, we hear that from parents all the time. Um, I You know, I think they, they know that our heart is in the right place. They know that, that we're only here... Um, to help their children to learn and to grow. We have no other motive, um, and we really put children first. And I think that puts parents in a place where they um, they can trust us mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they trust us with the most precious thing in their lives, which is their children. Absolutely. And it, it has also helped to catapult you all to uh, having PB, PBS Kids being the number one children educational media brand. And, and, and again, congratulations. That's that's a, uh, a, a I mean, probably the greatest honor you can have. Um, what 
what is PBS Kids focus and the goal when it comes to kids? I know you mentioned something about learning. Uh, le- learning is your main focus. I don't know if you want to expand on that a little bit more, but um, even moving forward as, as you're looking, um, how does the arts play a part uh, in um, PBS Kids programming? Yeah, so I'll cover both of those. You know, I think our main focus, um, really, we're focused on children ages 2 to 8. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say, you know, the median age is about age 4 of the children that we reach. And you mentioned earlier something that we're really focused on, which is kindergarten readiness. Yes. And the reason we chose that as a focus area in terms of learning is that there's a lot of brain science and economic research pointing to the importance of the first five years of a child's life. Mm -hmm. Um, Those years are the most critical in terms of their brain development, in terms of them getting the foundation for for learning for their whole life. And um, about 90% of brain development happens by age five. So forming connections at that age really sets the stage for their lifelong development. So that's one of the reasons we're focused there. And then the economic research um, really shows that if you invest in high quality early learning, you can get a 13 to one return on investment. So when we think about where we're going to invest most of our efforts, this feels like a really important place to focus in terms of the long-term benefits to that particular population. Um, We also have a history of reaching all kids, but really focus on reaching the highest need kids. So, Mm -hmm. you know, while we want to reach every child in America, um, we know it's particularly important um, for for those kids who live in what would be called low-income families. And almost half of children under six live in in those low-income areas, Mm -hmm. and more than half of them don't attend preschool. Um, And while that might be the choice of their parents and it might be a beautiful, wonderful choice, um, many of the kids who don't get the foundation um, that the preschool provides end up starting kindergarten at a tremendous disadvantage, and they often never catch up. Right. And so we feel like we're in a really good place being in every home in America for Mm -hmm. free to be able to provide those children, all children really, with the the core essential building blocks of learning that can help them to get the right start in life. You're listening to Leslie Roddenberg, the Chief Program Executive and General Manager for Children's Media and Education at PBS. If you have a question or you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at one 800 Four five zero seven eight seven six. If you're following us live on Facebook, you can uh, post your question there, uh, and we'll be glad to, um, to to take your your call. Now, you mentioned some very um, uh, what I call significant stats. You know, the thirteen to one ratio of the return in, in your investment, um, and I'm, I'm also familiar with uh, the importance of uh, I guess between zero and five, um, how much the, the human brain really develops in that time period, which is one of the reasons why I started this radio program here to help combat what I call music adultification. Um, Many times I think uh, people take music lightly when it comes to children. We focus more on on adults, but music programming and arts um, is very important for us to be very, very, very deliberate. And I commend um, you know, what you all are doing there. So you already began talking a little bit about the diversity um, in PBS Kids, and, and, and how and why, I guess, could you talk to the importance that that diversity really is um, uh, even further? I, I, matter of fact, before you do that, I think I remember uh, uh, Sesame Street. So Sesame Street is um, one of your, your name brands, is that correct? 
Um, that's right. That's yes. right. Sesame Street has been on PBS for about 50 years now. Absolutely. Um, and as you know, Sesame Street has always been dedicated to yes. inclusion and representation. Yes. Um, and that's true of all of our programs. We really feel a deep responsibility to representation and inclusiveness. We want every child in America to, to see themselves in our characters. Absolutely. Um, and so we go about that by really thinking very, very carefully about our content as we develop it. Um, in terms of how can we um, tell stories that are culturally relevant, mm-hmm. help children to see themselves in um, in our characters and identify with them. So I'll, I'll just give you a couple examples of sure. some recent shows. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our most recent shows is, is called Let's Go Luna. Yes. And in this show, children are introduced to some of the most interesting aspects of life around the globe, from Cairo to Beijing, Mexico to Moscow. And it helps them to appreciate how different uh, people are from all over the world. They might eat different breakfasts or hear different music um, or or experience and see different kinds of art. But we're also very similar at the core. And so the show explores all the differences of our cultures and then all the things that kind of bring us together and make us one. Um, And we think that's particularly important in the U.S. Um, as kids tend to not learn very many languages here, and some cases are more insular than they might be in, in, in places like Europe where they're exposed to a lot of different, different cultures. So we think it's really important to, to counter you know, fear and distrust among people who are different from you by kind of showing how connected we all are. Okay, absolutely. And, and that, that I do remember, I, I believe I saw an article recently and I should have looked it up and I don't expect you to talk to it or not, but I thought that I saw that CB, uh, that, that Sesame Street may have established the first character that is, uh, um, I guess, uh, has HD, a, 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 what is it, AH, I can't even pronounce the uh, the term, A-H-A-D, or, uh, it'll come back to me, I'll see if I can look that up, but the fact is you all d- definitely focus on programming to, to reach every aspect of, of our community. Now, um, what we're going to do, Mr. Ronnie, I'm going to pause for just a moment, um, and when we come back in about 60 seconds, um, I want to uh, share with the audience a list that was created by um, a school, Western, um, it's called the Western Hemisphere Newsletter, and it's done, done by the Western, I think it's pronounced Albemarle High School in Crozet, Virginia. And they came up with their top five PBS shows, um, kids' radio shows. And, and so when we come back in 60 seconds, I want to read those, and then we're going to come back and talk about how uh, parents can take back control, and, and especially in this digital media age, how you all are, are working on that. You're listening to The Uncle Devin Show here on WOL 1450 AM, where information is power. All right. And we're back. Uh, you're listening to The Uncle Devin Show here on WOL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM. Um, and my guest today, uh, well, first of all, today's program is brought to you by Middle C Music, D.C.'s only full-service music store. Located at 4530 Wisconsin Avenue in Northwest Washington, D.C., Middle C Music is your go-to store for lessons, rentals, repairs, and more. To learn more, go to www.middlecmusic.com. That's middle, the, the letter C, music.com. 
Uh, our guest today is Leslie Roddenberg, the Chief Program Programming Executive and General Manager of Children's Media Education for PBS. And I also want to emphasize a six-time Grammy Award winner, I mean, uh, Emmy Award winner. Congratulations on, on those accolades. Thank you. Thank yes. you very much. Um, now, what I want to do real quickly, um, just I, I, I found it great that this school um, took the time. It was a high school, but they went ahead and they, they listed their top five um, PBS shows. And again, this is just the school. Others may have their own. I think I may even have my own. But the, 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 the fifth best one, they said, was the Clifford, the Big Red Dog. Um, they also said Between the Lions was number four. Uh, you also have Cyber Chase. Now, Cyber Chase is pretty good. I, lo- I, I love that. It, it reminds me, um, well, we, we'll talk, but I have a song that focuses on um, Internet security. Uh, their number two top-rated PBS show was Fetch with Ruff, Ruff, Ruffman. With Ruff Ruffman. I can't say that fast three times. <laughs> and lastly, their favorite was Author. But to be honest, you all have so many programming, and it's now you know 24-7 that people can get access to it. Um, can you talk about the, um, in today's digital na- uh, native generation, um, they're less focused on television with so many different forms of media and devices coming into play. Can you discuss the challenges PBS Kids is working to overcome uh, to produce content uh, in, uh, in, I guess what you say, in the most consumed formats and to yeah. produce content aligned with today's digital name. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, we really have to stay on our toes because as you said, it's changing so quickly and the challenge and the opportunity um, are that we want to reach kids wherever they are. Okay. And so we're constantly studying kids' media use and pivoting our strategy to make sure we're accessible to all kids with a special focus on reach, reaching those kids who need our content the most kids who, um, who tend to be in more low-income areas yes. of the country and may not have access to as much technology or media. Um, so we, we know that we need to have a strong digital presence, and then we need to have a strong on-air presence as well. And so right. you mentioned that we have a 24-7 uh, network channel, and we, we launched that about two years ago, and it's an over-the-air broadcast channel and a streaming service. Okay. So, um, you know, we still have a big part of this country, about 15 percent of the country that doesn't get cable or satellite. Okay. And those homes really rely on over the air broadcast. And so it was important that we have a channel where 24 seven kids could get PBS kids content. And we found that kids in low income and broadcast homes are benefiting the most um, from this new service. Their time spending spent viewing PBS has improved 62 percent mm-hmm. among low-income families, 41 percent in broadcast-only homes, and 91 percent in rural homes. Okay. So broadcast TV is still really important to us. But then again, there's a lot of kids who are now getting their content via digital. And so we have a live stream of that channel mm-hmm. and also on-demand viewing um, as well. And so our research proves that the more ways kids engage with our content, the more they're going to learn. So television is really important, and so are digital games. So for every series that we launch, we also have a number of immersive games that help kids kind of practice the skills that they're learning through the games. And our research shows that that really contributes to kids uh, achieving the learning outcomes that we set out to achieve. 
And I mentioned before we went on break, I was trying to remember the acronym, but of course it's ADHD. And I saw an article, um, again, I don't expect you to speak on it right now, but I understand that uh, even Sesame Street is dealing, uh, has lessons in ADHD emotional control from, from you know, and dealing with that um, directly on the show, as well as uh, I believe some time ago, uh, Sesame Street introduced a character who, who has a father in jail. This goes to show the broad scope that 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 PBS is doing to reach children in almost every single circumstance. And and again, I just applaud uh, the wonderful work that you all are doing. Now, in this day and age, parents are concerned about their kids screen time. Can you speak to what PBS Kids thinks of this topic and your approach to addressing it? Yeah, well, you know, we really do believe that parents know what's best for their kids and that parents are in the best position to be able to determine how much screen time is appropriate for each child. Yes. Um, so parents uh, are the best at knowing their own child and monitoring that, and they definitely should limit how much time kids spend in front of screens. We're big proponents of that. Right. Um, but what's most important is the content. Which mm-hmm. content do they choose for their, for their children? For us, we're really looking at ways to make... Uh, media time, screen time, be beneficial to kids. And so just as Mr. Rogers used television as a tool, we look at screen time, whether it's television or games, as a tool to help kids to achieve their their learning goals and their potential. Um, and so we're looking at how can we make that screen time really meaningful. We want it to be beneficial. We know that um, to do that, we're trying to meet very specific needs with every program that we develop. We have learning frameworks and learning goals, and we develop shows, and then we go about doing research that proves that kids are actually learning something from every one of these programs. And one of the most important things that we found is that the parents and the grown-ups in their lives are critical to helping the kids learn those particular skills and so we spend a lot of time giving parents as you're doing on your show Mm -hmm. ideas and tools and tips and activities and things that they can do with their kids to really help them to fortify that learning and to kind of take whatever it is they're learning from screens and apply it to their life yes you know and as a teaching artist with both wolf trap and young audiences for arts for learning um you know we find that it's very key to find ways to incorporate um, not only, you know, parents and guardians and all those, you know, adults in their lives and giving them practical examples, as you mentioned, on how they can add uh, music, art, and the, the content that you're speaking of in, the, in their lives in a very real, real and fun way. Because, again, let's be honest, children learn through fun and play. And that's absolutely and that's That's another Mr. Rogers lesson. He said play is the way kids learn best. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the things that we can do is to reinforce that with parents. The parents understand that there's real value in kids playing. Yes. And there are ways that they can support their kids through play. And I also just want to support everything that you're saying about the arts and how important the arts are. Thank you. Um, The arts are critically important to all of our programming. Um, We have music that um, that really is critical to 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 helping kids to remember what the mm-hmm. lessons are and the messages are in in all the stories that we tell. Right. Um, there are many many examples of that. We actually have a, a program called Pinkalicious and Peterific, <laughs> which is based on a best selling book series, and it's all about the arts and creativity. The whole goal of the show is to help kids discover their own creativity. And in fact, Wolf Trap. 
because um, I know you're a teaching artist with Wolf Trap. Wolf Trap was one of the advisors on oh, the program. They were wonderful. the advisor for the dance elements of the, of the program. Wonderful. Absolutely. That's great. And and uh, you mentioned Wolf Trap, and I know you do different partnerships. Uh, earlier, or late last year, I had uh, the executive director from Howard University Television uh, as a guest on my show. Um, and I'm excited to see that you have you established these types of uh, partnerships. Are there other types of PBS um uh, partnerships that, that you can discuss uh, or that you can share with us? Absolutely. Our member stations all over the country in about 350 different communities have established a variety of partnerships on the local level that connects PBS content with um, other partners to bring it to the people who need it the most. In this case, we're talking about kids and families and caregivers and teachers um, the example that you gave, Howard University is the home organization for WHUT. That's our member station in Washington, D.C., and they do amazing work on the ground with a variety of partners. They're part of um, what we refer to as the Ready to Learn grant. It comes from the United States Department of Education, mm-hmm. and it supports early learning for underserved children. Um, and so they're part of a program that supports science and literacy le- learning for children, families, and caregivers um, in low-income communities throughout D.C. And they've been working with all kinds of partners, like the Bald Eagle Recreation Center, W.B. Patterson Elementary School, the Bellevue William O. Lockridge Library, Community of Hope Conway Health and Resource Center, Homeless Children's Playtime Project, Connect DC. Um, I could go on and on to name the partners that are part of this collaboration that they do, um, where they put on um, different forms of family engagement to help um, children and grownups and families connect with PBS content and connect with lessons related to science and literacy. Wonderful. Um, And that's great. Now, we only have a couple more minutes. How can the public support uh, support the station. Um, I understand that you you do take um, donations, but what's the best way they can support uh, the PBS and the work that you do? Yeah, thank you for asking because we really do, um, particularly our stations, um, the only way that they're able to keep doing the important work they're doing is through donations. Um, so uh, the public can donate to WHUT um, as well as the other stations, depending on where they live and which stations they watch, um, WETA, MPT in Maryland, um, whoever your local PBS station is. We have 350 stations all over the country that do amazing work like that okay. um, in their community. And if you're not sure where to go, um, if you go to pbs.org slash donate, you'll be routed to your local public television station to make a donation. But those donations are made locally and they support local PBS stations. Well, I want to thank you for being a wonderful guest. Uh, The guest was Leslie Roddenberg uh, with uh, Children's Media Education and was Chief Program Executive and General Manager for PBS. Thank you all. I wish you much success and thank you all for tuning in. This has been the Uncle Devin Show, a little under the weather with the allergies, but we're getting through it. Uh, And again, as I always say, what do I say? (laughs) Life is a drum, so beat it.